Hey guys, Nicole Spinoza with The Short Sell Queen. And today I have Carolyn Castillo here. We're so excited to have you here. And today we're gonna do a case study that is absolutely crazy. It's a foreclosure case study. And I'm so excited to bring Carolyn on so we can go over all the details from the very beginning of where she got the deal all the way to how she was able to problem solve. Let's get to it. I love this. I was so excited to bring her on the channel to really just dissect this from start to finish so that you guys can see kind of what I've been talking about with the loan modifications and all the different options. And quite frankly, the worst case scenario <laughs> that a seller can get into. Literally. <laughs> Literally. And so this is a perfect case study. So Carolyn, why don't we start with uh, how you were able to get the lead? So it was a cold call. Okay. It was a uh, Liz Pendants list. So we had originally cold called it. And um, when I spoke to them, they said, no, we're not selling the house. <laughs> I wanted this is like, this has been a case study for me too, you know, because it, <laughs> it really has been because, you know, when you're on the phone with these people, when you're cold calling them, they tell you, you say, yep. are you thinking about selling your house? And they say, absolutely not. You they know, never want to like, sell. Yeah. Yep. And as a realtor and investor, you're kind of like, okay, you know. I guess you're yep. not selling your house. Bye. You know? And so, you know, I asked her, I said, well, what are you going to do to get out of this situation? Like what's going on? She says, I'm working with a lady doing a loan modification, you know? So I was like, oh, okay. So you're doing the loan modification. Normally that takes a couple months. Uh, what I'll do is I'll just follow back up with you and kind of see how things are going, you know? Cause she was like dead set, not selling the house. Okay. So right there, I want everybody to understand two things. One, that is such a common objective, like probably one of the most common of I've already gotten this taken care of. I don't want to sell. Right. So the key here is that you at least had a, the knowledge to understand the process, right? You're like, okay, well, this takes a couple months. Can I follow back up with you? Which of course she said, yes, in this situation, which most people will, most people are very open for you to just touch base with them. Mm -hmm. And then the second is the actual follow-up because most people will just hang up and say, okay, on to the next one. So mm -hmm. at that point, once you said that, what was the timeline of working with her to, to get her on board? Okay. So I'm not going to be an A student right now. Okay. <laughs> no, please be real. Cause, cause we, we want to tell the truth, right? Like even if it's, you messed yeah. up, but like, let's talk about that. Cause then everyone can learn from right. what really happened. So please. Right. And, and this has really taught me a lot. Okay. It yeah. really has. So I did put her in my database, like any good realtor should. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But she was obviously for me on a very low priority, mm -hmm. you know? So I think that's a challenge that we have is like, there's the, the prospecting with like that low priority. And then you have, you, okay, you made another call, the next call. And they were like, yeah, I'm going to sell. And this, so all of those yeah. kind of take the, the priority. Right. So how I ended up back with her is that I cold called her again, because <laughs> she was now on the auction list. Okay. So, okay. So, but, but here's the thing though, because you had waited and you didn't yeah. follow up, she had worked with all of those other people. So that I'm sure was a good lesson for you of like, shit, I should, I should have kept in contact with her. Right. Yes. This was a huge thing for me because yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. And then I thought about all the other people that have told me the same thing. 
you know, and I, and that now moving forward, I'm like, no, like, okay, you're not going to sell. Not a problem. Let me get your email. We'll keep in touch. When should I follow back, you know, and have them on a steady follow-up campaign, even yeah. regardless of what they say. Right. So anyways, I was cold calling the auctions and she popped up and I said, oh my gosh, I was like, what's going on? I, you know, you're on the auction list. I thought she, and then that's when she just you know, opens the whole can and tells me, you know, this is happening and I'm supposed to be selling my house tomorrow to this investor, but they haven't given me any paperwork and now this and now that. And I had already dealt with a few, you know, characters in the investment space over here that (laughs) characters, I will say that, okay, that, you know, are not people of their word you know, right. that say that they're going to buy someone's house and they don't. Right. And so I I just felt it honestly in my heart that I said, um, I'm going to come over and see you. You know, I said, because at this point I knew definitely she needed to sell the house and she didn't have anything lined up. She was actually feeling very concerned. So uh, that's right. when I, from the, from the dialer, okay, <laughs> I booked the appointment and I went over to her house. Okay. so. Awesome. You secured the appointment. You had somewhat of a report before because you had talked to her. So when you get to the house, I want you to start with like, cause guys, there's multiple companies. <laughs> so it's not the reason why we're doing a case study is because this lady did not just sign with an investor. Like she got into some real shit. So start with the first company. When she said that she was working with the Lundmont company, explain what they were trying to do and what happened with that. Right. So what happened was, is she was under the impression she was doing a loan modification. So again, this is a senior citizen. She's an older woman, you know, never been in this situation before, you know? And so that was a thing for me to realize, oh my gosh, it's not just realtor and investors calling these people. There's a lot of people calling uh, people with financial distress, you know? And right. so, um, so she's like, yeah, I was, doing, I was like, I don't understand though. I was talking to you, you were doing the loan modification. So I asked her, can you pull it up? Like, I want to see what was the communication with the bank. So she pulls it up on her phone. And as I'm going through it, I'm like, this was not a, they were not trying to give you a loan modification. They were trying to give you a second lien on your house to pay off the past due balance. And then at the end where it all fell apart, was that she had to pay like $5,000 to do the new loan. She was in foreclosure. She didn't have any money. So that deal fell apart. But so the thing that- making it seem like it was a loan mod company, which is fraud, Everything. which yeah. is fraud. And so she, they said, okay, we're gonna do a loan mod, but they weren't working out with the bank. They were just creating a second lien. And Nicole, these people, oh. these people asserted themselves so uh, firmly on her that they even changed the billing address with her mortgage company to them. Of course, because they don't want to be exposed that they're doing something different. Right. And so, and then inside the paperwork, because I read through their proposal, I read through their packet, it said, do not contact your bank. So it literally says on there, don't contact your bank. Uh, Don't, you know, respond to the foreclosure notice. Don't do all these things. So, and the lady was, she says that the lady was very nice and everything that they asked her for would, would give you the impression that you are doing a loan modification. They're asking for your tax returns, your bank statements, your, I mean, everything would seem that this is what she's doing. 
Well, the part, what happened, the big problem, because that was the other thing that I was like, I couldn't understand it. What happened was because she went into uh, the Liz Pendens list was like on, I don't know the months, don't tell me the months, but it, it was like a very <laughs> short period of time from beginning right. to end. It was like six months, you know? And I'm like, yeah. that's crazy. Cause people in Florida, they'll be in foreclosure for like years, you know, like at yeah. least 12 months. And so for so, everyone watching lease pendants is foreclosure. So in a judicial state, lease pendants is the foreclosure list. So it term right. is interchangeable. It, what escalated it was she didn't respond to the notice. So mm -hmm. she had not communicated with the court system. If she would have, when she got that Liz Pendens notice right. here, here in Florida, you have 20 days to respond. Right. So that's when you send your response to the court and you say, Hey, I'm, you know, want to work it out with my bank. I want to do this and that. Yeah. And then they put it out like three or four months, you know, giving time for that to happen. She never communicated with them because right. this company had already wedged themselves in and basically said, I'm taking care of everything. Don't worry. Right. I got everything taken care of. She didn't think she had to because they said, don't contact anyone. Just for good. We got you. So at that point, once she realized, because obviously she's in foreclosure now, how did she terminate that relationship with them? Because they were heavily involved. Yeah. I, I don't know that they actually terminated, but it just, the deal didn't go through because she, she didn't, didn't have the $5,000, you know? So mind you, she's still getting pounded by everybody in town because right. she's on the foreclosure list. You know, oh she's listed in Zillow as, you know, pre-foreclosure and all that kind of stuff, you know? So then another company gets involved and they are like a, like a home buying, but like a big it's like a big franchise, like right? A big it's like a wholesaling, wholesaling franchise, right? Yeah. But like, just like a big box type of like, they, right. they don't do any boots on the ground. Like just like a big corporate company. And they made her just a direct cash offer, you know, but it was so interesting because in the offer, when I was reading it, it, it gave them access. And this is like, I see this so commonly when I'm dealing with people in distress situations and they're getting these contracts from investors. And right. they're not even reading them because if you were to so. simply read the contract, it says it very clearly. It's not like hidden in like those thousand <laughs> of words in the thing. It's like typed in, you know, and this contract gave them access to put the house on the MLS, said that they were going to show people the house, that they were going to like so many things that basically saying like, I'm not really buying your house. Right. I'm going to just, just I'm just wholesaling your house, but like so blatant, like, so now at this point, she's realized I need to sell because now I'm yeah. an auction. So she signs with this wholesaling big it wasn't company. wasn't an auction yet. She, she, okay. she, the deal didn't go through. Okay. So, so the deal didn't go through because she doesn't have the 5,000 at this point, somebody gives her a cash offer. She accepts it's a wholesaling company. just so we have numbers. What was the number that she um, ended up accepting with this company, this wholesale company? 185. Okay. So 185 at, at what point did like, what ended up happening with that offer? So basically again, she didn't read, you know, cause technically yes, yeah. if, if, if she would have even read that first company and really looked at it with right. a scrutinizing eye, she right. would have figured out this is not my bank. I, they can't do a loan modification right. for me, you know? But right. when you're distressed and you're not, you know, not used to dealing this and everybody's telling you they're going to help you, 
I'm well, it's also the way they position it, right? Because so I know right. a lot of companies, especially back in the day in like 2010, 2011, there was, God, like hundreds of loan mod companies before it was illegal. And so these companies would actually negotiate and they would say to the sellers, because I remember I talked to so many of them and they'd say, don't pay your mortgage, pay us half of you, what you normally pay your mortgage. And we're going to negotiate on your behalf. And they would just pocket it every month. And then these people would end up losing their houses because these companies either did do a loan mod or the seller never qualified for the loan mod to begin with, because it's actually very difficult to qualify, uh, especially for someone, you know, they can't afford it. So in that situation, you know, it's the way that they present it. And that's why it's so predatory because they could have literally said to them in a very convincing, authoritative way, don't worry. We got this. Oh yeah. I I see it says this, but that's for legal reasons. Don't worry about it. Just sign here. You know what I mean? That's exactly what happened. Yeah. It's hard for people to understand where they're like, logically, why would you even move forward? But when someone is in this frame of mind, and then you have someone coming in saying all the right things, it's very easy to get, you know, be susceptible to something like that, especially something you don't understand. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens to this woman. So she didn't read the fine print that they were going to put her house on the MLS and that right. they were going to do all this. So then people started showing up. Oh, geez. <laughs> Realtors started showing up and she's like, what do you mean? What are you doing? You know, like, no, right. I'm not selling. What are you doing? You know, this yeah. and that. And so then that company went away. So basically they were like, no, I'm not, you know, I'm not showing my house. And then the company wasn't interested because they were only in it to flip it, to wholesale it, you know, on the market, by the way. Okay. So that was another thing that I learned because this company, they made the contract with her, put that information in there that she, that they're going to put it on the market. Then they had another real estate company, you know, kind of like one of those like 500 bucks on, you know, and they wholesalers wholesaling without a license, but able to charge 10 times more. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I was like, wow. Okay. I've never seen this before, you know? And then it had, of course, call the the wholesaler, call the company if you're interested to make offers because the realtor does no negotiating or no nothing for them, you know? Really quick, a lot of wholesalers would use that like wholesaling, but saying that they have an equitable interest to sell it if they have it under contract. And they're actually doing it the right way by disclosing and saying, hey, but it's such a great area because the agent is the one that really with the liability that's doing the flat fee because there needs to be a disclosure with the seller of like, I'm not representing you just because you're a flat fee brokerage doesn't mean you get out of your representations, right? So Mm. you have a fiduciary responsibility to that seller. And so they can get in a lot of trouble from the way that they do that. I mean, investor, they could care less, right? Like they did their disclosure. It's the agent that they got their little $500 and they could lose their license over it. So anyways. Yeah. So that was that person. And then um, there was another company that was interesting. This company, if your house gets sold at the auction, so let's say that nothing works out and your house gets sold at the auction, this is a company that represents you. And I think it was like 13% they charged the, the seller that they will go to the court registry and get the overlap money from after you pay off all your stuff then whatever's left over, they'll charge you 13% and they'll get it for you. There's actually investors that teach how to do that. But the sellers, because the homeowners have no idea that they have the legal right to those proceeds because they don't even know to follow up. And the courts don't say anything because they want to keep it. 
So if they get asked, they, they have to give it to them. So there's investors that teach how to do that because the seller wouldn't know how to do it otherwise. But yeah, 13% just for knowing how to facilitate. So at this point, she's on the third person that she's trying to sign up to work with. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing was, is that that person, I don't know how this worked out, but that company Uh in, in whatever paperwork they did had then asserted themselves as the attorney on file. So this was an actual attorney that she was signing on with. It was a company that when I read their paperwork, this is what they do. They go and they get it. But when all the paperwork was done, she was asserted as the attorney on file. So like, was it power of attorney or no, like like, you know, like when the foreclosure paperwork and all the notices and everything, she's on there as the attorney and it, she's not representing the seller by any means in regards to that. What is going on in Florida, Carolyn? (laughs) Let me tell you, there's a lot of shade over here. Okay. (laughs) You know, it's funny, like totally off subject. I'm from Florida. Did I ever tell you that? I think I know that. Aren't you from Broward? Broward. So no, Miami-Dade. You're from Miami-Dade. Okay. Yes. So born in Miami and then moved to Orlando. Right. And they got out as quick as I could because all the crazies are in Florida. And I'm sure we're going to get some comments about this on YouTube, but (laughs) anytime I see a meme of something crazy happening, like somebody mental or whatever, I'm like, please don't be from Florida. Please don't be from Florida. And it's like Orlando, Florida, Tampa, Florida, Jacksonville. I'm like, oh crap. (laughs) But it's true though. Like it's insane. So anyways, but yeah. Yeah. And and so (laughs) I, I just moved to Jacksonville area. But, and I worked in South Florida forever, right? Because I also got legal aid involved in this. Okay, that's still part of the story. And legal aid told me that there was a Pacific zip code in Jacksonville that is heavily targeted. Well, yeah, because I guess the people that live in that zip code are known to be, I guess, like more like they don't really know too much about business and stuff like that. And so criminals, like, invest, you know, people that do that kind of stuff, they, they focus on that zip code because they know they can take advantage. You know, that's so sad. I will say that that is pretty universal. I mean, we're in 14 States and, you know, a lot of the people that are just in this situation, like, and honestly, when you're emotional, your emotional intelligence is extremely low, right? So whenever you're in motions, you have zero. And so that means that there's no logic, right? So whenever we're emotional, we have very low logic. And so with that said, maybe if you were in your right mind, maybe you wouldn't move forward. But I, I mean, I agree. We see it all the time. Um, yeah. And it's it's definitely a nationwide problem and why it's so important to do things like this to really bring awareness before people sign things, right? Like it's crazy. So, all right. So back to the case study. So at this point she signs on, this person is now the attorney of record on behalf of her. So how does she get out of this one <laughs> or what happened with this one? <laughs> the lady's still on there. I mean, oh, she's still just, on there. <laughs> everybody's just hanging out. I, I don't understand. She's just floating around. She's, I mean, she's on here. all the legal paperwork. She's on everything. It's just crazy. Wow. You know? That's crazy. So, she, you know, so that lady's there waiting, you know, in the, in the wing, if she, if she does go to auction, then, you know, this would happen. So then at this point, she's actually gets served the auction notice at this point, okay. she gets a, or she gets a sale date at this point. So now she got a sale date. So now even more people come out of the woodwork, right? Because then right. there's people that just focus on the auction, you know? Right. 
Yeah. So, and then typically from what I have found is the auction people, it's like, it's now, you know, right. like now there's the urgency, heat, right? The heat just turned up in the kitchen and now it's like pounding time, you know? So she gets involved with a wholesaler. Okay. In real life, a physical wholesaler, not the big box company that she originally dealt with. So, uh, through a phone call, okay. Cold call got involved with him and he makes an appointment, comes to the house. Okay. So it's a real person now. Right. Right. And so this person, um, basically, you know, says he's going to help her. He's going to take her, you know, get this taken care of. He's going to buy the house for her. However, he doesn't tell her how much he's going to buy the house for because he so said, what do you mean by that? He doesn't say how much he had a contract. Well, well he put, he never put a price. A so, hold on. so he presents the offer to her a blank offer and she signs it with no price. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. You are hearing correctly. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I kind of slightly, very slightly can understand his logic extremely slightly, but I understand where he was extremely going with it. <laughs> okay. It was, uh, in my opinion, unethical, but it's, I understand his, well, it's not legal. Like anytime you make changes to a contract, I, I think we talked about this one where if, whenever you make changes, you can't, you have to have after the contract is executed, you have to have initials. You can't just put in things in the contract after the fact. Like that's right. insanity. Yeah. Right. Well, his, his mindset was, is that he didn't know the payoff. Mm. Okay. He didn't know the payoff. He didn't know exactly, you know, she had not done the title work. He didn't know right. what it was. So, um, it's interesting because he kept giving her a promise that he was going to make sure that she walked away with five figures, five figures. <laughs> okay. Literally, this is what the guy promised her that she was going to walk away with five figures. Okay. <laughs> okay and I'm like, <laughs> I never heard that terminology in my life. Okay? I know usually five it's six figures. figures or, you know, whatever. No, five figures. So five figures would have but to it be sounds way better. The lady was in her situation and this guy was saying he was going to help her. He was going to get her some money so she can get out of this and all this kind of stuff. So he then goes on his own. He then goes and files a bankruptcy in the court system on her behalf. So how was he able to get her information to do that? So at this point, so he files on behalf of her so that the foreclosure can stop. Has he already gotten the payoffs at that point? So does he? No, this was like, when we look at the paperwork, it's like contract on this date, foreclosure, uh, bankruptcy filed on this date. Like this was like, like a system for him, you know? And then he submits to the courthouse. He submits that he's processing a short sale. Okay. On behalf of this, of this person. Okay. And he puts in the court system a price, which that price for the house was 98,000. So, and this is the same. So earlier for everybody, she had it under contract at 185 with the wholesaler, which tells you it's worth way more. Mm -hmm. And now he is trying to get it for 90,000 to do a short sale. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh so he, he submits this contract at 98,000. He files the bankruptcy 
all these kind of things are in the motion, right? But yeah. the the customer is just thinking like, oh, like this guy's gonna save me five figures, right. you know, whatever. Figures. <laughs> figures. That's when I step in. That's when I get involved. So all of that has happened, you know, and then I see her as well on the auction list. And that's why I ended up at her house. So she, she, when I got there, she was supposed to be having a closing. That's what, that's what she had said to me on the phone. So, well, because she thought, because she signed a contract, but she still never saw anything. And then the investor had stopped it saying a short sale. So he never actually tried to do a short sale or he just made that up. He made that up. Okay. So now did he give her a closing date? He had given her, yeah, like, well, we're going to close tomorrow. Like one of those, like, yeah, we're closing. We're going to close tomorrow, you know? So then you go to her house. I go to her house. What does the conversation look like? The conversation is, how much are you selling the house for? Right. Pretty basic question. (laughs) Yeah. You know, she had no idea. And that's when I knew we had a problem. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, what do you mean? You don't know. She's like, yeah, I don't have any paperwork. I'm like, so you're having a closing tomorrow. Have you seen a settlement statement? Do you know what you're, what you're going to be netting? And she's like, no, he just keeps telling me it's going to be five figures. And I'm like, five figures. I've never heard of that before. Five figures. That's what you say to someone, five figures. So I said, well, let's call them. Yeah. Well, if everybody, you know, everything's good. Yeah. Answer the question. Yeah. You know, and so um, I call him and and I said, uh, and I said, so how much are you buying the house for? He's like, well, we don't know exactly know yet. You know, we're waiting for the payoff. And I said, well, what does the payoff have to do with the purchase price? What are you offering her to buy the house at? You know, and he's like, well, I can't tell you. I promised her I'll give her five figures, you know, and I was like, <laughs> as I'm like the five figure thing again, you know, I'm like, OK, sir, you know, like the five figures, you know, but. I said, I want to see a settlement statement. At this point, he's getting, starting to get angry with me, you know, because basically I flipped the lights on. Okay. Now the lights are on and somebody that actually knows how business is run, how things are done, you know, and I flipped the lights on and now he's like, what what are you trying to do? What are you trying to do? You know? And I'm like, I'm not trying to do anything. I'm trying, I'm, I'm speaking with this, with this customer and I want to know, she says, you're having a closing tomorrow. I want to see what is the, what is the settlement right. statement? What is, what are the deal? You know? And she, and then he's like, well, you know, you're a realtor. You're around. So yeah, I'm a realtor. She said, okay, well she needs to get another apartment. So, so why don't you rent her something? And then we could all eat. And I'm <laughs> like, sweetheart, I'm not here to eat nothing. Okay. Yeah. What I'm here to do is find out what's the situation and make sure that this lady is getting on her way. That's all. If you've got everything squared up perfectly, perfect. Answer I'm the not... simple questions. What do yeah. you have under contract for? <laughs> yeah, he couldn't. So then we, I say, okay, who's the title company? I mean, again, basic question, you know, title right. company didn't have the paperwork, didn't have this, didn't have that, didn't have the payoff. It, and that's when I started saying, I said, oh my gosh, you know, I said, and this lady has a sale date. Right. So to me, this becomes like, a personal like right. a moral situation you right, know like, she's about to lose her house because of this guy yeah you know and so that's what i'm trying to say is like either and i and like i said i've already popped a few in this town okay and this was another one and i as like i've already been down this road like in realtor world the way that it works is this is our deal 
It falls apart in inspections. It falls apart in appraisal. Guess what? We sign a cancellation. Everybody right. goes their separate ways and we, 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 we move on. Right. But in investor world and in wholesaler world, they just ball and chain people. Yeah, you because know? immediately they file a memorandum, which they is file the memorandum and then they just did, sit right? around and they ball and chain people, you know. And so and then in this case, this lady didn't have the ability to be ball and chained, you know, because she was about to lose her house. And that was the thing. Uh, I knew what the value of her house was. So pause. Knew, like before you yeah, go into yeah. that, let's talk about that really quick, because, you know, there's a difference between protecting your interests because, you know, obviously I'm an investor too. Right. And so if I have to file a memorandum, I'm going to do that. If the seller is, is going to go sign 10 other offers to protect my interest and in time. Right. But there's a difference between doing that and clouding title just for the intent to make sure that even though you can't help, and what you're doing is not right, like here and, you know, clouding title. And like you said, the ball and chain. So I definitely want to clarify that because there is a use for everything, but in this industry, people misuse. I mean, now to the point where this is where you brought me the transaction and you're like, Hey, this is what, when in our mentorship, like Nicole, mm-hmm, I'm frustrated. Mm-hmm. The deal's dead. Right. Well, not yet. We got to go okay, one, le- one more okay. level deeper, one more okay, level deeper. Okay. <laughs> but really so, quick, I didn't tell, I didn't know any of this. And I said, don't tell me, <laughs> tell me on the, on the video, because I want to yeah, know. Nicole wants to be equally as surprised as everyone yes, else. I'm still like, wait, what? You didn't say that. <laughs> so, so, so then I clearly know at this point that this is, this guy's a bozo and the title company's a bozo and everybody involved in this deal, because if you cannot provide me basic information, copy of the contract, copy of the settlement statement, how much you're buying the house for, and you're supposed to be closing tomorrow. Yeah. And and none of this is, is in the air. I knew there was a problem at that point. Um, I told the lady I, and then, and then I also knew about all this other situation. You know, I told this lady, you need legal counsel because this is like, like way, this is so much, you know? So yeah. of course she doesn't have any money, you know, and anything. So we went to Jacksonville legal aid, you know? And I said, well, let's, this is supposedly what it's here for. Let's go see if they can give us some advice and give us some pointers in the right direction. Because in my opinion, I feel like this woman has been bamboozled by like multiple people here at this point. Like right. it's feel like this is like elder fraud. You right, know, like predatory for sure at, at its finest. Yeah, that's that's what I was feeling. I did not even have dollar signs in my mind at all in, in being involved in this. I was seeing this person ruthfully taken advantage of. And I had the knowledge and the wisdom of kind of how to maneuver it. And that's kind of the position I was taking, you know. Right. And so um, anyway, so we get with Jacksonville Legal Aid and we tell them the story. They got the bankruptcy taken off of her name, you know, because that was never, it was an invalid. She never paid for it. She never had like, cause the Jackson legal aid had to contact the bankruptcy attorney and say, where's the paperwork that the customer uh, filed bankruptcy with you? You know, they couldn't provide it. So they had to withdraw themselves as the bankruptcy attorney. Okay. Again, there's a lot of people involved in this, <laughs> you know, that are doing things that are not how it's supposed to be done. So then Jacksonville Legal Aid also called the uh, wholesaler and told them that you have no deal. Oh, so finally they did end up giving us a settlement sheet, but it had her coming to closing with $29,000. So they had a, uh, they, it was like, it was like her, her payoff was like, 
uh, 159 and then her um, they were buying the house for 130 and they had her coming to closing with 29,000, you know, so I, which is I insane just, because if you remember the initial offer, you said it was like 180 or 185. And so now he got even lower and he's buying direct at, you know, 130. Oh my yeah, Lord. And anyways, the deal's not going to go through because she doesn't have $29,000 to do this, you know? Okay. So that's when, um, you know, Jacksonville Legal Aid spoke with that wholesaler and said, listen, buddy, kick rocks. Like this is, this is nothing. Okay. So then I think, okay, like, you know, moving forward. Well, let's get this house sold. Let me see if I can get you a decent offer. Let's, let's see what we can do, you know? So then um, I get a call and they're like, oh, uh, we have an interest in this property. And I'm like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Oh, the guy that had the contract with her, they assigned the contract to us. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Another person in this freaking ring? Okay. I just swatted all of you guys. Now I have to deal with you. Oh my Lord. So this, this investment firm, okay, was extremely aggressive. Like, and I'm a tough cookie. Okay. I'm very tough. It takes a lot to like, rattle me you know and the this guy was in his tactics was so aggressive that it made my stomach turn Mm. like the like the forcefulness of of his his talk and like that this was this and you're not going anywhere and we have a deal and you can't do nothing else and this is this and this is that and we're gonna I mean like oh my gosh you know like and and that's me that I do this every single day so imagine that human being, that that whole thing on top of somebody that's about to lose their house at the auction. Right. To a seller. I mean, they're so intimidated, of course. Absolutely. Oh, oh and that's what this is. This guy's strong suit. This right. is how he this is how he gets deals. This is how he does business, you know. Yep. And um, and so I told them, I said, you have no deal because the wholesaler has no deal. So there's no deal. I said, but. The seller does want to sell their house. Okay. And if you make an offer, like make an offer and I can help you put the deal together. You know what I mean? Like I, right. I'm not here to mess anybody's deal. I'm here to make sure that this lady can sell her house like a dignified right. human being. You know what I mean? And, right. and that's it. That's all I'm here to do. You know, the, the yeah. wholesaler couldn't close on it. So what are you going to do? So they wouldn't make an offer. They said that they were not willing to pay more than $5,000 over her payoff. And I said, that had anything okay. to do with them. Like they exactly. had the right to do that. Like, get out of yeah. here. And I said, and I said, no, you're looking at this the wrong way. Look at the address. Look at the information. No like, who the hell are you? Do you? Is that your house? No. Like, why do you think okay. that you have the right to her equity? Like, that is the craziest shit to me. Right. Like, at a principal, we won't pay more than 5000 over a payoff. Why? Like, yeah. like, as if she doesn't have the right to keep her money like, oh my God. Yeah. And it just like any other deal, an investor, if somebody says, oh yeah, look at that property, you would say, okay, the ARV, the da, 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 da. Okay. Well, based on this, the most I can pay is this. Send me the offer. No, they weren't willing to do that. So I said, okay, she doesn't want to work with you. Yeah. Bye. (laughs) Bye. You know, and they wouldn't leave me alone. They were pounding me, harassing me, calling me. So I was uh, working with the Jacksonville legal aid attorney to say, to send them the letter, to let them know, listen, back off. So they, the last draw was 
is um and so the Jackson legal aid said just move forward like she can sell her house don't worry about them blah 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 so we're getting ready to do all this that my phone's been silent I haven't heard anything so I'm thinking we made it out of the woods and then I get the call and they say hey well just letting you know um uh, we filed a memorandum on the property um so she won't be able to sell to anybody else but us so go ahead and give us a call when she's ready to sell and I said, why would she be willing to sell to you? I would rather let my house go into auction, okay, than sell my house to you. You are not, you know, like, why would you do right. that, you know? Yeah. And so um, that's when I called you. Yeah. <laughs> so at that point, like, oh. at that point, you were like, this is dead. Like, oh my gosh, because there's no money to fight it. And so this was a great, I mean, this has taught you so much. Like, think about oh my gosh. how much you've had to learn going through this transaction of, you know, down from the marketing all the way to problem solving. And this is, you know, experience is the best teacher, you know, and, or listening to a show like this yeah. <laughs> where people can learn from. Don't have to make this mistake. Right. Yeah. So at that point, you know, that's where we talked and I'm like, Hey, look, you know, just because someone files something doesn't mean that they have the right to right. And in order to have a valid contract, which they didn't, because this is the one where they just filled it in and just made it up. They are now have the burden to prove that the memorandum is valid. And so at that point, you know, once we had that conversation, then what happens? So I reached out to a foreclosure attorney or I reached out to someone that I have a relationship with, you know, yeah. that for probate and foreclosure and just an overall, you know, attorney that handles this. And I explained them the situation, you know, and they basically said exactly what you said that. Um, and then the attorney told me you shouldn't let them get away with this. And it was like it, it was just such a I guess I was absorbing to like the feeling of the client of just yeah. like the helplessness of just like right. somebody big and powerful with, you know, money or this or that, like just taking advantage of somebody that's can't really defend themselves. So she said, you know, I said, well, this is the contract that I have and this is what I have. And so we took the step to go ahead and get the attorney on board. And the attorney said the course of action is we have to send them a demand letter demanding yep. that they sign the release and cancellation. And so again, this was still like, nobody was feeling mushy gushy inside. Right. At this point. Still nerve wracking. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, and it's funny because I was fighting with myself throughout the whole transaction, you know, cause I'm like, Carolyn, you don't need to be dealing with this. Like you don't need to be doing this. Like, why are you getting involved in this? You know, but, but it was like, morally, I couldn't walk away. Like yeah, I was so invested at that point. Just, um, I just couldn't. And just to see this person take advantage of this person, it just, I couldn't, you know? And so I said, well, you know, we're going to move forward. You know, we're going to do the photo shoot. We're going to do everything, you know, but <laughs> this is like a complete walk of faith at this point, you know, because right. again, I don't know what, what they're going to pop up with. Like when they send the demand letter and all that happens, like there's no guarantees here, you know? And, right. and that's what they're really, what the attorney said, of course, attorneys always say that, you know, there's no guarantees, yeah. you know, realtors, it's a guarantee. You better sell your house for what you said. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. attorneys, there's no guarantee guys. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, and they get paid up front. We get paid at the end. Anyways, we got a whole mix up. So, so at what point, what was the, what was the end result? So you get put okay. the house on the Bottom market. Bottom line is, yeah, I just want to say this really cool moment, okay? Because what ended up happening is I was feeling super overwhelmed with the situation, you know? Yeah. 
And I moved forward. We did the photo shoot. We helped the lady clean up. She did amazing, by the way. And that's something I want to say because this seller, the reason that I was so compassionate with her is because she was fighting herself. In in the way that she like this could helpless, yeah, right. In the way that she could fight, like I told her, we're gonna do pictures, we're gonna do this. Like I want to make it look as best as we can. She had that house emptied out. She had like she was trying with every power. If I told her jump, she said how high. You know, I'm not I'm not dragging along a dead body here. Like this is Which somebody that sometimes you feel like, or sometimes you have sellers like that, where you're just like, I'm working so hard and I still have to drag you too. And sometimes it's not worth it. Cause you can't help people that don't want to help themselves. Exactly. So I agree. I would have gone to the nail for her too, because you could see like, this wasn't on her. Like she's right. doing everything. She was she really can. trying, you know? And so we, we, so it was like a, it was like a Friday and I'm sitting at my desk and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I know when I put this on the market, when I put this on the MLS, every investor in town is gonna, it's going to be like a bomb went off. My, my phone is going to be hijacked for a week. Um, <laughs> the people that we have this little problem with are going to know right? Like I'm just uh, thinking of all this and I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is going to be like a nightmare. And I don't even know if it's going to go through and I don't even know. Right. right? So I hear this voice tell me, look up the neighborhood and there's some cash sales that have gone on there. Call the cash deal and ask them if they want to buy another house. And I was like, oh my gosh, good idea. So I was like, (laughs) wow, what a great idea. Mind you, this was Friday at like 6 p.m. Okay, everyone's already out at happy hour by now. I call and the guy answers and he said, yeah, send it over. You know, I'll, t- I'll send it to my client, send it over. I send him over because I just had the photo shoot. I send over the photo shoot. I sent him the information, no price, no nothing, absolutely nothing, right? Make me yeah. an offer, Okay. On Sunday, I so I decided to hold off on putting it on the MLS. On Sunday, I had a cash offer in my inbox for two forty-five. Holy cow! So one eighty-five to one thirty to now two forty-five. Like, yeah, holy cow! Yeah, and that's that's huge. So, how much was the seller netting? So, more or less, she's coming out with about fifty grand now. Mic drop. Yeah. That's, that's like life changing for someone that was getting pounded and you're not getting nothing. And you're this, you know, like, and the crazy thing is, is that even in those other situations, she still could have gone, come out on top, you know, and not gone like this route, but they put her through the ringer into solely taking advantage because I don't want to discourage the investors that are watching. I mean, you absolutely, if you do it the right way, it can be a win-win situation, right? Had she sold to an investor at 185, 200, whatever, she still could have made money and she wouldn't have had been as far behind because her payoff has gone up exponentially, all the fees. So it's the fact that these investors got greedy, greedy. and they and they tried taking advantage to get it real unrealistically low just to get it low because that just person because that they bought, could, you know. Right. Because they, they saw an opportunity to take advantage of her, but you still were able to sell to an investor for two forty five. So that tells you right there without knowing anything, 
how predatory these investors were 90,000, 130, like, so 50,000. I mean, that is, that's incredible. I mean, it's, that's amazing. So now at this point, I have to know like what the sellers, what is the seller saying to you at this point? First of all, I've been like adopted into the family. (laughs) Okay. Like she's leaving everything to me in her will. Yeah. <laughs> and it was crazy because then on that Monday, I got the offer on Sunday. That Monday, I was able to go to the attorney's office and submit them everything. Here's the contract proof of funds. Here's all the information. They sent out the release and cancellation of the memorandum and they couldn't provide the details right. of that of a valid yeah. contract. And so they had to sign you know, and so they, when do you, did you close or are you going to close? Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. Yeah. We close on uh, the sixth. Yeah. But we passed, you know, our inspection period and, you know, it's a cash buyer and it's like a hedge fund. It's like a big, big, one of those big ones, you right. know, and Hey, they did a good deal for me, you know, that's so, awesome. So yeah, I love, so, so this was such a great case study because I know holy cow the hoops you had to jump through but like what an amazing thing that you were able to do for the seller obviously you got paid in the process but I'm sure more than anything it must feel so good to have been able to to get this to the closing table and this was a great teaching (laughs) like a a teaching moment lesson of opportunity to now next time if you ever get in a situation like this you know exactly how to tackle it Mm-hmm. And, and now when people tell me when I cold call them on the Liz pendants or the foreclosure list, and they're like, Oh no, I'm doing the loan modification. I'm like, okay. I was like, what I'm going to do. Yep. <laughs> I'm not listening to that anymore. You know, because I'm like, listen, I already seen that happen. You know, I'm not letting that go by. If you tell me, Oh, don't worry. I got it taken care of. I'm so glad you got it taken care of. Not everybody's is you know, handling it as well as you, what I'm going to do is send you out my information so that you can have it. What's your email address. And then I try to book them for a consultation, you know, so that I can just have a, a, because on the cold call, it's kind of hard to have an in-depth conversation, you know, but just say, Hey, listen, I specialize in foreclosures. I want to set up a consultation with you so that I can explain to you what this looks like, what the process is, And in there, you know, I haven't found anybody that was dealing with the same company that she was as of yet. But, you know, now this taught me I didn't know about the people at the court registry. I literally didn't even know that. Like, I didn't even know that was an option, you know. So I learned that I learned like even these wholesaler, like how they could put in the contract that they're also going to put it on the MLS and they're going to do this and do that. And you know, yeah. I want to make a whole video about for people that are considering taking the investor contracts, you know, yeah. because I have it all the time. They send me the contract. They're like, am I, am I bound to this contract? I'm like, uh, yeah, you signed it. And it has yeah. like all this stuff inside of it, like 30 day inspection period, right. you know, like selling contracts. And yeah. you know, again, like you absolutely could be an investor and still do it the right way without taking advantage, you know, of a seller. So, right. you know, as, as we wrap up this video, I think there are so many key points. I'd love to know what you guys learned from this. Like, have you guys ever been in a situation like Carolyn, you know, let us know in the comments. And as always, you can join our free Facebook group, the only short sell group worth being a part of, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye.